got stories, cards, and symbols, and all of the above. Myths, tarot, love. Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories in witchy wisdom. I'm your host, Biddy Diana. Before we jump into today's episode, I have some exciting announcements to make. First, I have been dropping hints of some exciting um, things these past couple of weeks. And so just wanted to officially say that my website is now live. It is biddydiana.com. And you can check it out if you'd like to get a tarot reading with me or to see the full show notes for the podcast. I also have some free resources there, like a tarot source book, um, where I have a brief summary about what each of the tarot cards mean and uh, a spread and some journaling prompts um, that you can download completely for free. Um, this week, I have also launched a YouTube channel. So this is where I will be posting weekly tarot readings, um, some short clips from the podcast, as well as full podcast videos. I'm um, starting from this episode going forward. Um, so if you're more of a visual person, I would recommend trying to check that out. I know I like that as well sometimes. Um, as like kind of a companion piece. So again, that is just Biddy Diana or I believe on YouTube, it is at the Biddy Diana. So yeah, for the next month of the show, I am going to be talking about the court cards in tarot. So in our previous series or the first one that we did for the podcast, we talked about each card individually um, and we connected all of the court cards in particular to personality types. And I know that you all enjoyed that a lot, which was great. With this series, I want to look at each kind of set of court cards collectively and explain how I see them and how I work with them in reading. I think that the traditional way to look at the court cards um, is, you know, as people in your our lives um, with specific qualities. And I don't, there's nothing wrong with looking at it that way. I just tend to see them a little bit differently, um, mostly because when I pull, say, a card of a day or even just do like a quick little check-in reading. I find that if I think about them as a certain person and not as like qualities of myself, it I like I don't really know how to engage with it or I don't know how that can be helpful in the present moment. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I look at it a bit differently. Another reason is because I don't really like like or connect to this court system per se. It's very patriarchal and very binary, um, which I don't subscribe to either in tarot or in life. So that's also why I kind of look at it a little bit differently. And again, if you look at it this way, that is completely fine. <laughs> Continue doing so. Uh, just wanted to share kind of my views. Uh, yeah, so that being said, I see similarities with the court cards. And so when I say court cards, right, these are the pages, the knights, the queens, and the kings um, of the minor arcana suits. Um, and each one I, I see is a bit different, right? So the pages are, I see is all about rooting, um, like rooting into that suit and learning about it. 
The knights I see as movement, so how we move in the world. The queens are about cultivation and creation. And I see the kings as being what we lead with um, or present with to the world. And so for each week, like I mentioned, um, I'm going to be looking at each set of these court cards, um, starting this week with the pages. Because I, I see them as like kind of the start of that progression to the end of the kings. And so, yeah, I don't know. I also feel like I almost want a different title or moniker or something name for this group of cards, but it hasn't really come to me yet. So we'll go forward with the traditional and regular um, names for them. So yeah, anyways, like I was mentioning before, I see the page cards as rooting into the suit that they are a part of. They are learning the core value or the kind of spirit of that suit. Um, and again, just for clarity and for a reminder, the suits in the tarot are the cups, the wands, the pentacles, or the coins, um, depending on the deck and the swords. So since we are learning about how to wield and engage with the suit, I think it makes, again, the most sense to start there, um, also, a little bit later on in the episode, I'm going to be talking about the ancient Greek and Roman education system, just to tie everything together because the pages are learning, so we'll learn about how, how they learned. All right, so let's get started. So first off, I want to start with the Page of Pentacles. So I see this as the ultimate student. And that's why I think it's the perfect place to start. Um, yeah. So the page of pentacles is all about rooting into your curiosities and embracing what interests you the most. If you've been thinking about signing up for a class or learning a new hobby, this comes up in a reading. I see it as a sign that now's the time to do it and to go for it. But if that is too overwhelming or we're not in a either financial situation or time situation where we can do that, it asks us, can we learn even one small thing today or, you know, each day if this card keeps popping up again and again? Um, yeah, we haven't. I haven't really talked about reversals too much on the show yet, um, which just means, you know, when you pull a card out that it's upside down. Um, and you can choose whether you want to read with reversals or not. I know that my partner is a very big fan of them. And when he shuffles the deck, he also like takes it apart and puts it upside down and back together again and shuffle a few more times. So anyways, that's just his thing. Um, but I thought that I would mention this and talk about the reversals for each of the cards as well. Um, so with the page of pentacles, if it comes reversed, it might be indicating that you are afraid of failing before even getting started when it comes to learning this new thing. Um, but again, I see this as encouraging us, right? That this is the right move, even if it comes reversed. It's more of an indication, again, of ourselves and how we're feeling about it in that moment. 
Um, so yeah, overall, I really love this card a lot. It is one of my favorites in the tarot, probably because I do love to learn and I'm a curious person. So I feel like I can really connect with the energy there. Okay, so moving on, next I want to talk about the Page of Wands. So the Page of Wands is about rooting into our inner flame and, you know, that thing that just lights us up and also to connect with our desires. So think about what truly drives you and motivates you and the things that make you the most excited and the most like happy and passionate about. Um, this card can also be literal, right? And encouraging, um, you to connect with your sexual desires as well. Um, but it ha doesn't have to be that at all. Um, and especially for our arrow and ace friends, um, that's yeah, not the case. Um, but also, and if you are, you know, kind of in a funk right now, um, you know, I know that winter is coming and a lot of people can suffer from seasonal depression or just regular <laughs> depression, um, which is something that I've dealt with for a very long time. Um, so I just, I mentioned this to say that sometimes it's hard, depending on what's going on, right, to see that spark of joy and that excitement in us. Um, and if that's the case, I would recommend maybe just thinking like, what made us happy as a kid? What made us excited? Um, for me, I know Halloween is coming up and that always brought me so much joy as a kid and still now. Um, also being creative and drawing and dancing. These are things that always brought a smile to my face when I did it when I was younger. So these are also the types of things that this card can be encouraging us to engage with. In terms of when it comes up reversed, I think this is indicating that we are doing maybe what we think we should, quote unquote, should do as opposed to what really lights us up. And I think that, you know, we all do this to some degree, right? We fall into this trap of, um, you know, instead of listening to ourselves and to our desires, we do what we think we should be. Um, but I want to be clear that this, like, again, that should be thinking isn't our fault, right? We were way raised in the society, right? And we're taught to believe from the society, not from us, um, certain things. And so I'm thinking, you know, specifically about like compulsory heterosexuality or heteronormativity here. Um, but it really can be with kind of multiple aspects in, in our lives. It doesn't just have to be, again, those like sexual desires. Um, yeah, but all right. So that is the page of wands. Now, next, I want to talk about the page of cups. So this is another one of my favorite cards um, because it is about learning and centering our emotions and learning how to ride the waves of life. So I spoke a bit about this, I believe, a few weeks ago on our rest episode and looking at the cups suit, you know, as a whole in a new way. And I think that this is one, definitely one of those that I have reframed in my mind lately. So the page of cups comes up in a reading is asking us 
to practice centering ourselves into our emotions in a consistent way. So again, it is not about filling our cups, right? Because the cups are broken. (laughs) They are shattered. And instead, we are just a part of the water. So can we learn how to rest when we are in the midst of the waves and the rocky times? You know, can we create these practices for ourselves to connect you know, to ground and to keep us steady. So I almost envision this card as kind of like a piece of algae, Um, you know, that I know that sounds kind of a bit strange, but I see us, you know, yeah, as this algae kind of gently swaying in the current in the water. And no matter how hard the current is moving, we are still rooted into the sea floor, Um, which ties well into the reversal of this card too, because if it comes up reversed, I think, okay, instead of us being this algae swaying and going with the flow, um, we're resisting the current and are kind of like a crab just tumbling about. And so we're still going, excuse me, going with the current, but (laughs) it's leading things for us, right? So I don't know if that analogy was really helpful, but I find, yeah, that it helps this card in general, helps, it makes me feel safe anyways. And like, I'm a part of something bigger, but also just, yeah, that I feel more steady and like, I don't have to control everything around me. And that's kind of what the current is symbolizing there, that control, um, I can just kind of go with the waves if I can. And finally, we have the Page of Swords. So this is another fun one um, that I can see connecting with the Page of Pentacles because it is Uh, about learning how to communicate and practicing writing and speaking. It asks us to pick up a tool and to practice expressing our thoughts through either, again, speaking, writing, or any other forms of communication that we feel drawn to. The sword suit is connected to our minds and to our truth. And so I can also, so it can also be asking us to practice speaking our truth, um, or maybe even just learning what that is. Reversed, we might not be feeling ready to do this or even know how, um, but it is encouraging us to trust in our ability and to trust in our words and, you know, learn how to discern fact and fiction for ourselves. So those are our four page cards. Would love to know which ones you feel connected to. um, Or if you see them in a different way at all, please feel free to let me know. So now I want to move on to our myth section of this week's episode and talk about a bit about um, ancient Greek and Roman education. 
So education in ancient Greek and Roman world was centered on basic literacy skills for both boys and girls, um, but only until they reach a certain age at about seven. And then the boys were separated out and continued with their studies while girls were made at home, remained at home and continued learning more of the domestic skills. So keep in mind, right, that both of these societies were very patriarchal and misogynistic, and they had a very strict and rigid binary, you know, gender roles. So in Greece, um, boys would go to the gymnasium to continue their studies, um, where they would learn physical education and sport, as well as philosophy and rhetoric, which is like public speaking skills, which would be helpful for them if they continued on to have political careers um, or anything like that. Now, you probably recognize the word gymnasium because we still use it today. (laughs) Um, But what's interesting is that the root word of gymnasium is gymnos, which in ancient Greek means nude. Now, why would they call a place like this nude? Well, that was because that was how boys and men would practice and participate in sport in the nude. So yeah, that includes things like running, wrestling, any of the ancient Olympic games or any of the other festivals they were competed in in the nude. So something to keep in mind is as well is that what, you know, educate, this is what education would have looked like more for upper class and elite boys, not for girls or people who were enslaved. So, and this is also not universal in Greece, this particular system. This is more ancient Athens. Um, And I'm thinking, you know, mostly in particular about Sparta here, they had a much more militaristic style of education and actually a lot more equality in the education between the boys and the girls um, than other places. And yeah, so as I mentioned before, ancient Rome is pretty similar, um, except that children were often taught at home with a tutor who was an enslaved member of their household. So again, the quality of education really did depend on how much family or how much money a family would have and thus could afford, you know, more or less qualified tutors. But there is one teacher and poet in particular that I want to talk about today. And no, that is not Plato or Aristotle. It is Sappho. So Sappho was a woman who lived in the 7th century BCE on the island of Lesbos in Greece. She is one of, if not my favorite figure from this time. She was a prolific writer, um, but unfortunately, we only, we mostly have fragments of her work. So like pieces of parchment of her work and only, I think, about 10 full poems. Um, So yeah, when I 
I think that when talking about education, it is important to talk about her as well, um, because she created a school for girls and women to learn how to cultivate their creativity and self-expression, which was not common at all. And again, for people to be able to go there would have been very much a privilege. Um, Not everyone could have done this. She was also one of the few female voices that we have from this time, and she was very unique in the style and the subject matter of her poetry, which centered on love and on beauty. So while other contemporary poets were writing about war and death and horses, (laughs) she was writing about falling in love and the beauty in someone's face and their voice instead of their sword. (laughs) And finally, she was also an important figure um, to study today because of her lasting impact on the queer and 2S LGBTQIA plus community. We still use her name as a way to describe a woman-loving-woman relationship, um, as well as the term lesbian comes from her home island of Lesbos, because if you were someone from Lesbos, you were lesbian. So I highly recommend reading some of her poetry if you are so inclined and able to. All of them are available online and have been translated, so you don't need to know ancient Greek to be able to um, enjoy her work. All right, so thank you everyone so much for listening. I'm going to be leaving it there for today. If you liked today's episode, please rate and subscribe to you on your you know podcast player of choice. Um, like I said, next week I will be talking about the knight's suit, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can follow me on social media either at Myth Tarot Love or at Biddy Diana. I want to end today's episode with a fragment of poetry from Sappho. She says, I love the sensual. For me, this and love for the sun has a share in brilliance and beauty. Stories, cards, and symbols